Hey guys, this is Watercolor Podcast, and my name is Nancy, the host. Thanks so much for listening. I apologize for this taking so long to come out. Um, I really want to get on a once a week thing, although next week and the following week I probably won't get one done because I have some family visiting. Um, so yeah, but thanks so much for following, uh, for listening. You guys are amazing. Um, so getting right into it, this case is a very, very frustrating one. It's full of corruption and just a complete miscarriage of justice. It is going to make you angry. <laughs> if you don't already know it, be prepared because you're going to be pissed. Um, you will definitely despise those involved. Um, but her parents are doing the most so you're gonna love them and just be inspired by just their dedication to everything for sure so the crazy thing is uh when i tell you the evidence in this case you're only gonna come to one conclusion and that is gonna be homicide i don't know how you could come with anything else <laughs> i'm also not gonna straight up say who I think did it because you know I'm not a detective as much as I like to believe I am one I and I probably should have been one <laughs> um and who I think like wholeheartedly did this um but I mean it, it doesn't take much to kind of piece two and two together I feel like you'll most of you will probably come to the same conclusion or whatever anyways again no one in this case has been charged um no one has been named a suspect or anything so again not pointing a finger i do not want to be sued <laughs> um this is just 100 percent my opinion i mean i wrote it to what i think is in this case um i'm only speaking for me if you have a different opinion or something else great good for you um, again, you know, this case needs to be properly investigated. We don't have all the answers. Um, yeah, so like I said, no one's been charged or anything. But again, there's absolutely been zero of anything done on this case. So how can you charge someone if you're not going to investigate it? <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's get to the case. Um, oh boy. Done. This is just a tough one. And you know what's frustrating? I've been getting so into this case that I know I have forgotten to write things down and put things in here. And I'm going to be so mad at myself later after I put this out and be like, oh, I forgot to mention this or, oh, crap, I forgot to mention. So, you know, I'm sure it'll happen, but there's information out there. Um, Sorry, my cat's playing with toys. <laughs> um, there is a lot of information out there. Please go on, look things up. At the end, uh, I will tell you about a petition and stuff. Please go on, follow, sign the petition, everything. Like, get this ball rolling. This is just so sad. Um, so Ellen Greenberg was a twenty-seven was a twenty-seven-year-old first-grade teacher in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She was born on June 23rd, 1983, as an only child to Josh and Sandra Greenberg in New York City. I'm going to post a picture of her. She is absolutely gorgeous. She has the biggest, most beautifully infectious smile like you've ever seen. Like when you look at her photo, you just like feel like warm. It's she's beautiful. Um, on January 26th at 2011, so again, this is a long time ago for nothing to be really happening. Well, a lot happening, but nothing being changed. Um, there was a big blizzard, so school was let out early. She went back to her apartment that she shared with her fiancé, Samuel Goldberg. He's a television producer. Sam went to the gym inside their apartment building around 4.45 p.m. And he returned around 5.30 p.m. This was all confirmed with security cameras and the usage of a swab. Again, though, we don't have 
too much information because the police won't release everything, even though technically it is a closed case. Um, they have not released all their interviews or anything with Sam, although I'm pretty sure they did very little and we don't know much about it. So that's all I can say there. Uh, he stated he couldn't get into the apartment because the latch was locked from the inside. You know, at the hotel, they have those little latches that go over the door. So it was one of those. Uh, neighbors did state that they heard him yelling. Uh, he did text her some messages. Some of them were, hello, open the door. What are you doing? I'm getting pissed. Hello, you better have an excuse. What the fuck? You have no idea. So those were between 534 and 554. Um, Samuel then allegedly broke the door, like put his arm into the door, like bashed into it, whatever, broke it open to gain access into the apartment. Uh, before this, he did go and ask the building security guard to come with him to open the door. Um, he is on the camera doing this. He was very insistent, trying to get the guy to come with him. Probably for a witness. <laughs> um, I say allegedly broke the door because we're going to discuss this later. Um, when he entered the apartment, he found Ellen dead on the floor. Um, so before calling 911, he called his prominent attorney uncle and his, uh, another, I believe it's, his, it's listed as his cousin, but I don't know if the relation is because I seen it in another place where it was just like someone he knew, but he was also a lawyer. So he called two lawyers before calling 911. Then he called 911 at 630 uh, p.m. I will play that 911 call at the end just so we can kind of go over it after we've heard all of the evidence and things so we can kind of pick it apart. If I play it now, you'll be like, oh, dear. No, we'll we'll play it later. <laughs> when the ambulance and police arrived at 640 p.m., they pronounced her dead on scene and already the police pretty much made up their mind that it was a suicide before an autopsy was performed or anything. Uh, the police notes were as follows. Uh, the decedent is on the hardwood kitchen floor located just inside the entrance. The decedent is found uh, suprin, suprin with her. I mean, it means she's laying down, but. Her head and shoulders and upper body were leaning up against the lower half of the kitchen cabinets next to the range. So she was kind of in like a seated position more so. Uh, she is clad in a zipper, zipper up dark colored shirt over top a t-shirt, gray sweatpants, underwear, light brown Ugg boots. A pair of sunglasses are on the floor to the right of the decedent. A white towel is grasped in her left hand. She has a knife embedded in her left chest through her clothes. There are multiple stab wounds examined at the scene at the chest where the knife is located. A few superficial grouped nearby. One on the left upper chest near the clavicle. Two more at the mid chest between and just below the breast. There are defects on the shirt consistent with the underlying wounds. There are no defensive injuries to the hands, wrist, or forearms. The right hand is closed in a loose fist. Postmortem findings between 827 and 935 are the same. The body is mostly flaccid. The hands appear to be slightly stiff. The body is cool to the touch at the extremities and warm at the touch at the torso, front and back. Lividity is inconspicuous. Findings are consistent with current body positioning. Blood is present on the head, in the hair, neck. The right hand has blood on it. On the front side of her shirt, along her pants on the front side, and on the top of both boots is blood. Uh, the right boot has blood on the sole. The blood around her is generally confined to the area of the body, on the floor underneath, and on the face of the cabinets behind her. One small blood splatter is on the cabinet to the left of the body. Two separate drops of blood splatter are on the granite countertop above her. Not really a crazy bloody scene. Again, I'll post some pictures, but like 
so first of all, they see the knife coming out of her chest and they're like, oh my God, suicide. Because they're listening to Sam be like, the door was closed. No one could have gotten in. And oh, I don't know, whatever. So automatically they're just like, oh yeah, I guess suicide. So that's kind of how they go into it right away. So the police do absolutely nothing, nothing else. What you just heard is all you're going to get from the police department. Uh, oh, sorry. No. Pause. They took her anxiety medication in as evidence to support that she had suicidal thoughts. <laughs> so apparently now if you take anxiety medication, that will go against you. Uh, so they don't even contact her parents. Sam's parents actually called them and said, oh, hey, uh, yeah, Ellen's dead. And that's kind of it. Like, they didn't get a whole lot. They never spoke to the police. Like, no one ever came to them. It's, it's so fucked up. So, because they automatically put suicide right from the beginning, the police force, they didn't call forensics to go examine the scene. They never did any luminol testing to see if the scene had been cleaned up because fucking looks like it. Uh, they, they didn't check anything. That whole apartment was, no one even, like, checked a fucking thing. There's only a couple photos of the scene that were taken by, like, the medical, medical examiners on scene. The, like I said, forensics didn't come in, so there was no actual crime scene photos. I'm gonna post, there's a couple. <laughs> and it's just, it's so crazy. Going into this... Like, you find someone dead. There's no suicide note. There's no, you know, it's not a 100%. This is not a person who has attempted multiple times through anything. You see someone stabbed to death on the floor until that medical examiner comes back and says, yeah, this is a suicide. You investigate that from the fucking beginning. Like, it's so frustrating. So frustrating how fucked up this whole case is. Um, so the following day, Sam's uh, attorney uncle shows up at the apartment and is like, hey, uh, I want to pick up some stuff for my, for my nephew. So they're like, well, it's bloody and it's messy up there. They call the police department. Police department's like, ah, yeah, we're good. It's a suicide. You're good. We don't need anything else. Here's a number to some crime scene cleanup people. So they call the very next day after this happens, the place is clean, sanitized, everything without any, any possible collection of any kind of evidence. Just everything's gone, wiped down, done, it's over. So then the following day, well, once everything's cleaned up, his uncle, the big shot attorney with all the connections, goes, collects you're not going to believe what he collects. So he grabs a little bit of clothes for uh, for his nephew for, you know, Ellen's funeral and such. Then he grabs all the digital evidence. So laptops, Sam's and Ellen's phones. He takes Ellen's purse. Few of her personal items. His reasoning was like afraid of theft or anything like that. Well, you know what wasn't taken? Ellen's engagement ring, which, you know, was worth probably a nice bit of money. But anyway. <laughs> so a couple days later, I guess the police were like, oh, yeah, I guess uh, her laptop and phone would probably be something we should take. So they called up Sam and his uncle and and they got it. So, oh, P.S. They didn't think there was any need to search any of Sam's stuff, though. His phone, his laptop, none of that. Because, you know, it's a suicide. <laughs> we don't need to look into anyone. So are things sounding fucking weird to you yet? <laughs> because it should. We're now going to discuss the autopsy of this suicide. So, spoiler alert. It was first by the medical examiner first when they got the body and looked at all the crazy evidence it was ruled a homicide you'll see why it was ruled a homicide 
And then you're going to question life. <laughs> so turns out she was stabbed 20 times. That's right. Two zero, 20. Multiple stab wounds were located to the back of her neck and head. And then like to the chest and her abdomen. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to post pictures because they later do like a recreation of how she would have been stabbed in the neck and head. Um, I don't know, man. Do it yourself. Like, take your hands, put a motion back there and figure out how the fuck you would stab yourself in the neck and head. Please, please figure it out. Oh, also... The serrated part of the blade is down. So you're holding it. Not how you would normally hold it in your hand. You'd have to hold it upside down as well. So just there's that little bit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, also, the knife that was left in her chest was four inches deep into her chest. So do you understand the force it would take? To stab into a chest cavity. Like, like feel your chest right now. All that stuff that's there. Like, there's so much happening there. To stab four inches down into that, you need, like, real force. A lot of force. <laughs> I don't know how you'd be able to do that to yourself. Because, you know, pain and just the awkwardness of that motion and... I don't know. It's this is the craziest case I've ever heard in my life. So, uh the stab wounds to the spinal cord, uh they wrote they submitted them to a neuropathologist, Dr. uh Roke, Rook, to do a deeper investigation and they reported in the autopsy that the spinal cord was undamaged and intact. So, she was fine. She wasn't debilitated de at all. Listen, you get stabbed 10 times, 11 times in the back of your neck and head. Pretty sure you'd be in a lot of pain and you would be getting numb and losing strength and stuff. So I don't think you could stab yourself another, another like 10 times or nine times or whatever in your stomach chest just to finish yourself off. Oh yeah, and with that big final four inch deep stab wound in your heart. So like, come on. Uh, she also had numerous bruising in different stages of healing yet they said no defensive wounds but she had like a stupid amount of bruises on her but no defensive because bruises can't be defensive wounds oh god anyways <laughs> so after saying this was a homicide which literally anyone in the entire universe looking at this will say without a doubt a thousand fifty times percent it is a homicide the detectives met with the medical examiners and had it changed to a suicide i'm not even kidding you i really wish i was instead of following the science their years of studying experience everything they were persuaded by the police because you know Sam said he broke down the door. No one could have gotten in. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, you're believing this guy, like, at his word. That, oh, yeah, this is how, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Um, so, I mean, they, they can't even argue that the evidence led them to this conclusion because they never investigated anything. What evidence do they have? A cleaned up crime scene, no real photos or evidence to look back at it. No, nothing. Like, they did nothing. These guys did the least. Well, these poor parents are out there doing the most. So, they tried to say she committed suicide. Uh, their big excuse, like I said, was the anxiety meds. Oh, yeah, the med the medication made her do it. Well, yeah. Her parents said, yeah, she was stressed about her upcoming wedding and her job had been stressing her. Uh, actually, in the last recent weeks, she had been very bothered by some stuff. 
She told her parents she was thinking about quitting her job and she wanted to go home. They lived about two hours away. They told her to try therapy first and, you know, see if she can get some of the stress and stuff under control. So she did. Her therapist noted that they specifically talked about suicide. She had no intention, no thoughts, no, like, wasn't even anything possible that she would do. Um, also, a few things to suggest, you know, she was looking toward her future. Literally days before this happened, she had sent out her save the dates for her wedding. Uh, she also made upcoming reservations to a restaurant for Sam's birthday. And she was literally in the middle of making a fruit salad when she was brutally attacked. Or, sorry, committed suicide. So, you know, I feel real suicidal when I'm hungry making food. <laughs> uh, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> I hope you guys are as frustrated as me because this case, like, pains me. Like, I just want to go to Philadelphia and shake some people's heads or, like, bash them together to, like, see if there's a brain in there or some kind of sense. Um, so at this point, her amazing, wonderful, best parents ever were like, she did not kill herself. So they hired a uh, private detective, Tom Brennan. Uh, he had investigated over 800 homicides in his career. He was a retired detective. He is amazing. Uh, at first, um, look with his experience, as soon as he looked at even the beginning of this, he knew 100% it was a murder. Like, there's no denying it. Um, everyone that he's ever spoken to, like, all his detectives that he knows, everyone, everyone's on the same page. Anyone who has ever worked in the field or just have common sense, <laughs> anyone who had looked at these pictures, you just, when you see these photos, guys, I'm telling you, you're going to be like, yeah, uh, how could someone do this? It's a, literally impossible. 100% impossible. So they started hiring people to get this investigated because obviously the police aren't fucking doing anything because they're dumb as shit. So they had a 3D computer analyst done by BioMX Corp uh, to show the trajectory and the depths of all 20 stab wounds. I'll share this photo because it is so intense and so maddening because you see this and again it is impossible that she has done this to herself for anyone to believe that one person can inflict that kind of not just pain but that kind like just the angles the just everything literally physically impossible so um 20 stab wounds. So the locations, the angles, the depths. Because you have to think. You can't just stab your... It doesn't, you don't just stab yourself and it's like, boop, goes, slides right in. You have to have some real force behind you. And this is a small girl. Like, she's not some big, huge, like, weightlifter or something. Like, you know. So, anyways, they, they did this uh, biometrics and found it was literally physically impossible for her to have done this. When they tried to recreate the stab wounds to the neck and back, like, the computer couldn't even comprehend that people, someone could do that. Like, it it physically was impossible at that angle and those depths for a person to be able to do that to themselves. Um, now, here's where it gets insane. So, two of the posterior wounds were so deep one would have definitely penetrated her vertebrae, spinal column, and spinal cord. And the second would have actually struck into her brain. But they're saying she did all this and then she stabbed herself like 10 more times in the chest. Like, come on. So they could not determine the sequence of the stab wounds uh, also, but at least two of them were post-mortem. So that means that after she was dead, she stabbed herself at least two more times. So now we are, like, 
some kind of magical, like how, how someone can stab themselves in when they're dead. So I don't know. This must be like the most craziest magical case that anyone has ever seen that a dead person can stab themselves. Wow. She's a zombie. Holy shit. Like, okay. <laughs> so the stab wound to the spinal cord, without a doubt, would have caused impaired coordination, semi-consciousness, and unconsciousness. Also, imagine being stabbed in the actual brain. Like, as if you would do it, first of all. Which, you know, you can't even, like, bend that way. <laughs> and then stab yourself ten more times. But just in your brain. Like, have you ever had a migraine? <laughs> you know? Imagine stabbing yourself in the fucking brain and then continuing to, like continue with your plan so these people are absolutely disgusting like it's so blatantly corrupt and botched that it's just it's so in your face and they just keep doing like these pieces of shit in philadelphia who are elected by people to provide their safety and justice for them this is how much they care about their people these gross pieces of garbage want people to be that dumb and just listen to them and be like little sheep and say oh yeah cool yeah she stabbed herself in the spinal cord and severed her spinal cord in half like completely took it off like severed it and stabbed herself in the brain. But yeah, yeah, yeah. She just kept going. She was still able to stab herself four inches into her heart. Oh, yeah. You know, hit a lung. She hit all these organs. Oh, yeah. She'd go into town. She was dead and still stabbing herself. Like, her arm's still going. Like, come on, people. Come on. It's so disgusting that these people, the district attorney and the attorney generals, are so okay with people with treating people like they're fucking morons like we're all just gonna believe this and be like yeah yeah yeah. you guys are right you guys are smart you're the, you're the smart people we listen to you and whatever you say like get the fuck out of here so gross so dr wayne ross a pathologist hired by the greenbergs reviewed the wounds to the brain spinal cord injuries like we were talking about so there was evidence of a stab wound which penetrated the cranial cavity and severed the cranial nerves in the brain. As a result, Ellen would have had severe pain, duh, cranial nerve dysfunction, traumatic brain signs and symptoms including numbness, tingling, irregular heartbeat, respiratory depression, neurological shock, impaired loss of consciousness. Listen. I had a car accident years ago and fucked up my neck real bad. No physical damage to my neck. I mean, like, it's the curvature is fucked up now. But I'm telling you, just from that, nothing was severed, nothing was punctured, just my bones are, like, a little fucked in my spine now. The migraines I get on a daily basis and the constant uncomfort in my shoulders and my neck and head that I have every day is maddening maddening now imagine being stabbed and having your spinal cord and your brain all this stuff like severed and you want us to believe that she was still okay to carry on like people will pinch a nerve in their back and like not be able to walk <laughs> you know like and you want to believe that like stabbing it and cutting it off like completely severing it and you're going to be fine you're still going to be able to use your arms do everything but there are people out there that literally can't move from their neck down because of injuries that are way less than what she has gone through like just a little bit of that nerve being punctured but hers was severed and we're supposed to believe like oh my god so for this to be a suicide, you fucking pieces of scum want the public, their families, their friends, everyone to believe that in that much pain, blood, debilitating effects such as like those wounds, 
The fact it's physically impossible to stab yourself at those angles, in those depths. You want us to sit back and be okay that there's a killer out walking around. Without a fucking care in the world. You know why? Because they've greased the pockets of those people. Of those corrupt officials. So they don't care. They ain't nothing happening to them. It's a fucking suicide, right? All the makings of a murder, a brutal one at that, like a disgusting, brutal person has done this. A disgraceful, just a gross, malice person has done this. And they're just chilling. Hey, she she was taking anxiety medication, you know? You know, she was feeling off lately. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, so off that she got fucking magical powers to be able to do all of this. I'm sorry. I told you this one is very frustrating to me. <laughs> because how they expect people to buy into their bullshit and just carry on with it for this long since 2011. And it's still going on. And no one has been held accountable for this yet is insanity. So, as for their claims for no defensive wounds, um <sighs> there were multiple bruises consistent with trauma or whatever, you know, abuse. It appears her wrists and ankles may have been held down at some point. There was bruises on them, so know what this no defensive wounds is. Also, if she was struck in the back, like we had said, if that was one of the first wounds she received, where that spinal cord one was, she probably would have been like a vegetable, man. She would have been dehab... She wouldn't have been able to fight anyone back. Ugh. Irritated. So, Dr. Ross, also an expert, said there were signs of strangulation. There were markings on the front of her neck consistent with fingernail marks and multiple bruises under her neck and in a, the strap of her neck. They also found hemorrhaging underneath the skin of her neck. Again, none of this was listed by the medical examiner because, you know, it's a suicide. I guess they didn't think they could convince people that she could also strangle herself with all of this going on. So she stabbed herself 20 times like, severed her spinal cord, stabbed herself in the brain, stabbed herself in the lungs, heart. Oh, and she strangled herself, too. So, you know, it's great. Great. I love, love Philadelphia police. You guys are doing the damn thing. You guys are doing it for the people. Um, There were also a lot of bruises on her body, possibly indicating a history of abuse because they were all in different stages of um, healing and stuff. Um, so she did tell her psychiatrist that there was no abuse in the relationship. No one had any reason to believe there was. There wasn't any suspicion. You know, I'm clumsy as fuck. I've fallen down my stairs. I've done so much shit. So I can attest to lots of bruising. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. I don't know if she was being abused. If she wasn't, that's not something I would have say anything about because there's no evidence of it there's no anything there's no proof i guess um but you know if the police did investigate we might have answers to that but again they're fucking useless so the greenbergs have multiple lawsuits to try and get this change to a homicide or at least undetermined death um so then it would actually get investigated so during these lawsuits, some depositions came out, obviously. Um, first of all, remember how that Dr. Roke or Rook, whatever the fuck their name is, because who cares? Um, well, actually, this person wasn't horrible, I guess. But you know how they said they sent the spinal cord over to the specialist to get examined to see if it was uh, injured at all, to see if she would be able to still stab herself? Well, that never happened. So <laughs> that doctor went on uh, while being questioned, said they had never seen the spinal cord, never heard about it, never did a report, was never paid for doing it. Didn't fucking happen. So in the medical, medical report where it states 
that the spinal cord wasn't damaged and she was able to do things still. She wasn't debilitated. False. All lies. All full of shit. That alone should be cause enough for them to step forward and get a new autopsy done or new medical report, new everything. But you think so? No. They don't fucking care. Also, um, one of the examiners or someone had come forward at one point and stated that the whole changing the report from a homicide to suicide. Yeah, that was all on the insistence of police, which we knew. But they had said that the locked door making the murder impossible because the security guard had apparently they were told. Sam told them this, remember, um, that the security guard accompanied him and helped him break into the apartment, break the door. So there was a witness, right? The security guard was with Sam when they found Ellen and broke the door down. Well, guess what? Well, that was Sam's statement anyway. That's what he told the police. Turns out the security guard said, no, man, I didn't go with him. He keep insisting me to go with him. Uh, he really wanted me to. I didn't want to. So there was no witness to this breaking of the door and finding Ellen. This did not happen. So uh, one of them had come forward saying that they probably wouldn't, would have not changed it to the whole suicide thing. If they had known that there was no actual witness. Also, with all of that coming out, still no one is a suspect. <laughs> So, uh, what else did they miss here on this case? Uh, there, this is how little they investigated. So, uh, when, uh, Mr. Brennan, the PI was talking to some people on the case or whatever, they're like, oh yeah, you know, you could tell Ellen was really going through something because there was a bunch of outgoing calls that day, like 15, 20 calls. So she must've been really going through something. Tom's like, okay, like, who the fuck was she calling? They're like, oh, we don't know. No idea. Just some random numbers. Who knows? So you have this murdered victim slash not really suicide. Um, You don't, you're not even curious who she was calling nonstop, like over and over and over. So Tom's like, fuck, I'll look into it. Turns out this sweetheart of a woman was calling all the students parents to ensure the kids all made it home safe from that blizzard and then you expect her to go make a salad and then murder herself mid salad making but anyway <laughs> so later investigators uh did try to release a statement saying oh yeah we have more proof that ellen was suicidal uh she had some searches for suicide on her computer and they released some searches you know trying to make it real really look like she was oh uh how to commit suicide without pain, blah, 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 like stupid shit like that. Well, guess what? That report doesn't exist. When they seized the computer, they sent it for an analysis. It came back with nothing on it, nothing suicide related, nothing, nothing they could think of. The only thing that ever came up, because her parents now have the laptop, they sent it to places, they've done everything. The only thing that ever came up was she was searching the medication that she was prescribed seeing like the side effects and stuff of it that's it folks so again they're really trying to push this agenda of suicide so no one gets in trouble for this murder this this piece of shit is out walking around murdered this woman and the officials in philadelphia do not care they are fine with that so the police took zero photos, like I said, because there was no forensics was never called. So in the few photos, uh, the experts and the majority of investigators who weren't corrupt as shit saw the photos. They all said in their experience and their expert opinions, it looks like it was cleaned and staged. Like things looked like it was tidied up, fixed, staged to look like that. Um... Oh, God. So now, as for the door, the big old door question. They had experts on SWAT teams look into this, like try to recreate it. They've had issues with this door. 
where they're trying to break into this. And there are videos of SWAT teams trying to break this lock. And they've literally taken the door off the hinges in order to get that lock broken. So, oh yeah, Sam, you're just hit it the right way <laughs> that it barely is broken. I'll post a picture of that lock too. And you tell me how the fuck that lock was able to be opened this way. So there's a lot of theories out there of this lock. Um, also, they had some investigators who'd have lock picking training, like Tom Brennan, for example, the private eye, who said that that lock was definitely not forced open. And even if it was opened the way it is pictured, uh, that would not have opened the door. The latch would still be across and you still would not be able to enter, enter the apartment. Um, they have recreated it numerous times. You can go watch videos on YouTube, look it up. It just, it wouldn't happen that way. Also, um, I listened to a great interview with uh, Tom Brennan. And like he stated, if he did break into this door, there would be signs of like debris, like wood chips, paint, something would be on the floor, like pieces would have fallen down, something. There's nothing. There's no nothing. Everything's cleaned. So you broke a piece off that door and you're telling me little bits of paint chips, nothing came off? Anyway, again, <laughs> an investigation would have been real nice. Um, it, it Frustrating, again, real frustrating. Uh, on YouTube, there is ways to open and unlock that door from the outside and lock it. Um, but again, there's no witness that was even there to even say it was locked, so we're just Going based on Sam, because we just believe whatever we hear now without investigating crime scenes. Uh, another little bit of information. There was blood on Ellen's face running down. Like, you know, you're laying down. If you cry or something, the blood. There was blood on her face that was going down, say, toward from like her nose to her ear or whatever, like down that way. Uh, and had coagulated. But... When she was found, she was sitting up. So the blood should have ran down her face, right? Not like sideways. So now this case, because Ellen is so magical, like she also defines gravity. Her blood doesn't run straight down. It runs back to the side. So another fun one for you guys who... If anyone still believes it was a suicide. <laughs> uh, another thing that's a little off. Uh, I am going to play, like I said, the 911 call. So enjoy. Because it's just creepy. I find it's disgusting. Like, it, not disgusting. I mean, you know, it just, it's creepy. <laughs> it's real, real weird. And, you know, people react differently. Again, I'm not pointing fingers on anyone it's just real weird it's a real real weird way to react um so one witness during while sam was on the phone with 911 uh one of his neighbors was listening and watching through his people down the hall and while sam was pretending or while talking to 911 saying he was in there helping doing whatever for ellen uh the neighbor was watching him actually out in the hallway, saying all this while he's in the hallway, not in looking at Ellen discussing the crime scene. He was in the hallway. <laughs> um, so the assistant DA at the time said him and all his office had thought it was a homicide, but his superiors told him, no, it's a suicide. Uh, all those people who said it was a suicide, guess where they are today, folks? They're now working for the attorney general's office. Hurrah! They've moved up in their career. Wow. <laughs> so four years into the case, the Greenberg's lawyer uh, actually made it as a district attorney. So he got a jump too. So he had to um, recuse himself and he had to send the case to the attorney general's office because conflict of interest. He was their lawyer before. He can't do the case now when he's, you know. He worked for them before. So what does that mean, guys? The, gen the attorney general's office has all the people who were the ones pushing for the suicide, right? So they ain't going to do shit. 
What the hell are they going to do for the case when they're the ones who pushed it that way? So nothing's still happening, right? Now, the attorney general is this man named Josh Shapiro. Okay? Now, he has to recuse himself from the case as well. So now he has to send it, send the case to someone else. Why, you ask? So that lawyer that Sam called before calling 911, not his uncle, but the other guy who was his friend slash, I don't know, another source I saw, cousin, but that lawyer who Sam called before calling 911 for his dead wife was a person named Kanan Swartzman. Jimmy Swartzman, who's an, another prominent lawyer, I guess. It's his son. Uh, he actually spoke to both of them on the call on speakerphone, I guess. Uh, about what we don't know. Why he called the lawyers before 911. Again, about his dead wife as she's lying there on the ground. Uh, so Josh Shapiro, who is the attorney general... Uh, he went to school with Jimmy Schwartzman's daughter. They're both in the same committees. They run through the same sporting connections, all kinds of things. So they are very well connected. So he had to then recuse himself. So today the case is still pending. Uh, there's lawsuits. The Greenberg family have many lawsuits going forward, trying to get this reopened, try to get... Um, the autopsy changed. So uh, there's a new county in charge. Of course, they're still doing nothing. Nothing has been done. This is going on again forever and ever and ever and ever. It's like the never ending story of just look at the fucking evidence. It's so obvious to even the most untrained eye. I could show this to the dumbest person ever and they're going to tell you that is a homicide. <laughs> you know? Um, so there have been multiple, also this is why I'm not pointing fingers at anyone <laughs> or saying anything. There's been multiple, uh, seize and assist orders to stop people from even discussing this case because the corrupt government that is involved have so much power. <laughs> so before I end this too much, uh, I am going to play that 911 call. I'm going to pause it a few times and have a few discussions because holy fucking shit. So get ready, folks. Help, I, I, I need a murder now. I just, I just walked to my apartment. My fiance is on the floor with blood everywhere. What is the address? 4601 Flat Rock Road. Please come. Help. 4601 Flat, Flat Rock Road. Is this a house or apartment? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. It's an apartment. What apartment number? <laughs> Please hurry, Where please. Is she bleeding from. She, I don't know. I can't tell. She's no. <laughs> so you have to calm yourself down in order to get you some help. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She. Okay. I don't know. What? What the hell was this guy even saying? Blah, 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 blah. It sounds very. I mean, okay, again, my opinion. You can have your own. I could be wrong. This, you know, it's people act differently in these situations. Uh... But like English, you know, I don't know. I, it's, some people just panic and go crazy maybe in these situations. But when she tells him to calm down, did you hear how quick it changed? It was like a switch. Like, okay, yeah, hey. <laughs> at her right now. She, I don't, I can't see anything. She didn't, there's nothing broken. She's bleeding. Ellie. You don't know where she's bleeding from, can't you? Ellie, where the coming from? It's, I think her head. I think she hit her head, I think. I think but it's, all, it's everywhere. Okay, it's everywhere. she might have fallen? Do you know yeah. what happened? Uh, she, she, she may have slipped his blood on the on the table. Her, her face is a little purple. Okay, hold on for rescue for her. So, remember some of this? He isn't even in the actual apartment. He's out in the hallway. Um... Also, I did fail to mention she did have a gash on her head, uh, FYI. But, I mean, listen, she, remember, she has a giant-ass knife sticking out of her chest. Just FYI, keep listening. Uh -huh. Philadelphia, 
So what's wrong? You know, my fiance's on the floor. She's bleeding. I don't know if she's alive. She's dead. Instead, he's giving like his whole alibi. Like, what's wrong? Well, I went downstairs, went to go work out, came back. So my door was locked. You know, I had to break in. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. But like I said, people have different react differently. But I don't think if my husband was on the floor bleeding out, I'm sitting there on the phone giving my alibi. I, I, I don't think so. But sure. I would be trying to help. You know, what can I do? Hello. What's happening? <laughs> My fiance's inside. She wasn't. She wasn't answering. So after about a half hour, I decided to break it down. I see her now, just on the floor with blood. Like she's not. She's not responding. Okay, is she breathing? She, I, <laughs> look at her chest. I need you to calm down. And I need you to look at her chest. It's really. I don't think she. I really listen, don't think she is. Listen to me. Someone's on the way. Look at her chest. Is she flat on her back? <laughs> she's on her back. So okay, I bring her. Look at her chest and tell me if it's going up and down, up and down. I don't see her moving. Okay, do you know how to do CPR? I don't. Okay, I can tell you what to do, okay, until they get there. I want you to keep her phone. Oh, her God. Phone. Hello? Yeah, hi, okay. Are you willing to do CPR with me over the phone until they get I get, there? I, I have to, right? Okay. Okay, so first of all, you're looking at her. You look at her, are you looking at her? Watch her chest go up and down. Is she breathing? Is she breathing? I don't know, I don't know. There's a goddamn knife sticking out of her chest. How do you not, if you're looking at her, how do you not see a giant knife sticking out of the chest that you're looking at to see if she's breathing? Also, you just said she's laying down, thought she was sitting up. My good old pal. Uh, also, quick mention, gonna help you do CPR, okay? Well, I guess I have to, right? Yeah. Okay, I guess. Do you have to? Do you want to? I don't know, guys. It's just strange, 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 strange. To get her flat on her back, bare her chest, okay? You want to rip her shirt off. Okay? You kneel down by her side. Oh, my God. Allie, please. Listen, listen. You can't freak out, sir. Cause you okay, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. Her shirt won't come off. It's a zipper. Rip oh, my off. God. She stabbed herself. Where? She's throwing <gasps> a knife. Oh, no. Her knife's sticking out. Her what? What? There's a knife sticking out of her heart. Oh, she stabbed herself? I, can't, I guess so. I don't know where she fell on it. I don't know. Okay, well, don't touch it. Okay, Police. so I just, I just let her down. Here now, I mean, what do I do? No, I mean, you can't. If the knife is in her chest, it's going to be kind of hard for you to do CPR at this time. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Police. Oh, dear. There's a knife. She stabbed herself in the heart. Just very specific and very strange. But, again, I mean, listen. Not pointing fingers, could have been a neighbor, could have been fucking who knows, you know, could have been anybody. We don't know. No investigation. But it's strange. <laughs> it's real, real strange. Eerie, eerie, eerie. Switch operator. 277. Is right, someone coming here? Yes, they are. You said 4601 Flat Rock, right? Yes. Okay, someone's on the way. And the knife is still inside? Which or what? The knife is still inside of her? Yes, I didn't take it out. Is it her chest or what area? It's, it's in her heart. chest. It's like, it looks like it's right. It looks like it's right in her heart. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. How old is she? She's 27. 27. And there's no sign of life at all? No, no, no. Please don't be. What? Been turned to her arm and tell me she responds to pain. She's... Ellie... She's not, she's not, her arm, her hands are still warm. I don't know if that means, but there's blood every, I mean. I know, but you can't, and the knife is still inside of her. How far? Can you see how far it went in? It looks pretty deep. Okay. It looks three, and it's a long knife. Don't touch anything. Yeah, don't How do you know it's a long knife? I mean, maybe because you have the knives, it's your knives. But I don't know, like, he's like, I don't know, three inches, so, I don't know, it's a long knife. I mean, just playing devil here. I can't believe this, though. No, wait, it was just you there with her? We, yeah, we're the only ones here. And she ran in the door, you said, latched it shut? No, no, I, I, I went downstairs to work out, and I, when I came back up, the door was latched. Oh. Like, it was, you know, it wasn't like, it was, you know, it was, like, locked from the inside, and I'm yelling, 
and I saw it was from well, you know, yelling house and broken into? No, 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 no. So there's no sign of a break-in? No, no sign of a break-in at all. I mean, there will be when you get here because I had to break the latch, but to get in. And that's all, folks. Please message and tell me what you think. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. So I'm going to end this off with uh, what's happening now, I guess. Well, um, Ellen's parents, Josh and Sandra Greenberg, are the driving force for the justice for their daughter. Um, their dedication to this and... They just want to make sure this doesn't happen to other people, right? And if it has, they want to make sure that they can also get some kind of justice. They're just the most amazing people. Um, Her dad, like their interviews, I just, I love them. They are wonderful. I love listening to the dad because he's so straight up and like, I don't, they're just, they're so great. Um, I love her parents so much. They are doing, like I said, the most, um, not only are they spending every moment of every day on this, they have spent over half a million dollars and that hasn't deteriorated them at all. They are pushing more than ever for this. So, um, they're wonderful. They're amazing. Huge, huge shout out to them for just being the most amazing parents anyone would want, right? Um, Like I said in the beginning, I'm not naming names. I'm not blatantly trying to give my opinion too much on who I believed murdered her. Um, Even her parents in their interviews, you know, people will ask them like, who do you think did it? Do you think you know? And they're like, yeah, we think we know, but that's not what we're doing. We are fighting for justice. So the police will investigate it. Like we aren't the detectives. We're not going to sit here and say, hey, this person did it. Go arrest them. They want this to be changed to a homicide or even unidentified death, unknown death. So it can be investigated by proper detectives and be solved correctly. Like they, they're not out there being callous and rude and mean and being like, this fucking person killed my daughter and blah, you know, like they're just so amazing. Um, so as the public, and I mean, being a human being, you just want justice for this beautiful person. Um, please go follow. There's a Facebook group called justice for Ellen. There's also a petition that you can sign on change.org. I will put it on my, um, thing that I put up. (laughs) Uh, it's to try to get the case reopened. There's also a GoFundMe Uh, to help them cover some of their costs with all their lawsuits and all the things they've done. Like I said, they've, they've paid over half a million dollars or so, so far, like there's only so much they can do, you know, and it's, it's been so many years. Like this just has, has to get some resolution soon. This is ridiculous. So let's stop this horrible government corruption in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I mean, everywhere. There's government corruption everywhere. These guys, yeah, you run the country, but guess what? You are elected by regular fucking people to do your job to protect and serve those people who put you in that fucking office. You know, it's just, it's so annoying. Um, And just finishing off, as for Sam, he is married with children now. He has moved on with his life, which, you know, that's what you do. Um... He isn't involved at all with the uh, Justice for Ellen stuff or reopening the case or anything. And he hasn't really had any communication since the funeral or anything with uh, Ellen's parents. Again, Ellen's parents had to find all of these things out on their own. Um, They've been the driving force. They've done, like I said, everything. So good for them. They are amazing. Um, Yeah. That's all I have to say. Like I said, uh, no one has been charged. No one is considered a suspect because it is still unfortunately marked as a suicide. So let's please get together, try to get this changed. Go onto that website, that petition. Um, There's also, this is amazing. There is also a number so you can call the mayor and some people like that in office 
um, listed so you can call them, bug them, call, complain, email. The more they hear Ellen's name, maybe they'll just get fed up and do something about it. I don't know. They're all pieces of shit. So let's do this, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it so much. I hope you enjoyed my just anger in this episode. <laughs> um, there are more frustrating coming up. One's coming up. Uh, some just can be going, you know, it's tough because it's just the answers are just right there. <laughs> it's just stupidity that stopped it, like forces that stopped it from coming to fruition, like being done. But anyways, please go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, all those things at What a Killer Podcast, Twitter, What a Killer Pod. If I can figure out how to log back in, because I got a new phone, like I said last time, still haven't figured out the password. Um, also, please email. I think that would be fun. What a Killer Podcast at gmail.com. Um, also, I love getting case suggestions. I got some great ones for some people uh, from some people on my Facebook group. I'm so excited to look into them. I love all you guys. This is the coolest thing by far ever. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll try not to wait too long to do another and I will get better audio equipment in the f near future. Thanks so much. All right. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs>